Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House podcast with me and the incredible Dr. Terry Mack, celebrity relationship expert and clinical psychologist. There are a ton of episodes with me and Dr. Terry in the back catalog of the Open House podcast. And the value that this incredible woman brings to these episodes is literally unrivaled. So if you enjoy this episode, be sure to look back at what we've already done. But today, we are getting into dating apps. And more importantly, how to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So I know that today there's this general belief in society that dating apps have failed us. There's no accountability. There's no structure. Really, there's no success with them. And I think we hear every so often, you know, oh yeah, I met my partner on a dating app. But on the whole, I think today dating apps are, for the most of us, a really draining, really tiring, really time-consuming experience. Now, I started talking to Dr. Terry about this, and she basically said to me, you know, the experience doesn't have to be that way. And I was like, what do you mean? And she explained to me that it's really about how you approach them, how you navigate them, how you assess the people you're speaking to, and so much more. So today, we're going to talk about how to make these goddamn dating apps work for you. Because boy, oh boy, you know, I'm not single anymore. But when I was, I was on them. I was on Raya, which you're not supposed to say. It's like the celebrity dating app that you're not allowed to tell anyone that you're on. But I have my fair share of experiences here. So I think we're going to go through this episode today in sections. We're going to first up talk about approach and what you need to decide before you go into them. Second up, we're going to be looking at getting that profile set up and what you need to be doing and what you need to not be doing. Third, we need to be talking about filtering and reviewing the profiles of the people that you're coming into contact with. Fourth, we're going to be talking all things questions and conversations. And fifth, we are going to be talking about arranging to meeting and finally meeting them. Now, I have so many stories here that Dr. Tari is literally going to be like, having her head in her hands about as I share them. And we are going to get through them as we go through this episode. But before we get into this, is there anything that you want to say about what the world is doing or is doing wrong today? Yeah, I am so happy we are doing this episode because this is what I hear all the time is people are just burnt out on the dating apps. And it does not have to be that way. It's because people don't know how to use them. They don't know to use them as a tool, as a means to an end versus a hobby, an endless hobby. (laughs) And I don't want anybody using these dating apps as like entertainment or a way to, you know, just find dates without any intentionality because you're never going to get off of them that way. Where do we start? We start with our intention. And that is the key word when you're using the dating apps. You You have to be intentional and you have to find other people that are intentional, that are on the apps and are clear about what they're looking for. So that is number one. Already so interesting what you said about people using them as entertainment, because I have never used them for entertainment because I'm so time poor. So I always found that the only time I would ever use them was at the end of the day, like right before I'd go to sleep when I was lying in bed and every night I'd think, shit. I haven't checked into the dating app or like, oh God, like another thing that I haven't done today. 
But as I read more and more out there in the press today, you know, I'm reading these more psychologically based articles saying that people are using dating apps for dopamine hits. They are using them for validation, just the same way that, you know, people might use TikTok for the dopamine hit or I guess flirting with someone for the validation. So you're right. I love the concept of intentionality, but I also love starting with looking at how you use these dating apps and how have you used them in the past? And have you been using them to hook up with people? Have you been using them to get a hit and then not messaging back? Are they the ones that are guilty of not messaging you back? Or are you the one that is guilty of ghosting on dating apps, et cetera, et cetera? So yeah, I love starting with this piece of just how you want to approach the app. And when you talk about intentionality, do you mean going into it with an intention of what you want to get out of it, whether that is a long-term relationship or whether that is hooking up or friends with benefits, right? Because I think often on this podcast, we're talking about finding long-term relationships. We're finding long-term love. We're finding adoration, partnership. But I'm also so open to the fact that not everyone wants that. And some people do just want to have a good time. They do maybe want to have casual sex. Maybe they do just want to have something casual and relaxed. So what are your thoughts on entering into dating apps with these different sort of verticals of intentionality? Yeah, anything is okay. You just have to be honest with yourself and you have to be honest with the people on the app. And what you were talking about before, like the dopamine hits, the validation, you know, a chapter in my book is called, Are You Dating as a Hobby? Because a lot of us think we're on the dating apps because we want to find a relationship, but actually these secondary gains are what keep getting in our way. So we, we really do want, some of us really do want a relationship, but we keep settling for the attention or we need the dopamine hits or we're dating to avoid things in our life. So you have to be honest with yourself. Why am I really on these apps? And if I want love, am I using them intentionally to only meet up with people who are on the same page as me. And yeah, there are going to be lots of people on the apps that don't want a long-term relationship, but you've got to filter those people. And hopefully those people are being honest and hopefully you're being honest about what you want. So I think we're going to touch on that later in the episode when we get into conversation around whether you should say what you're looking for and how quickly to do that. I have a couple of problems with dating apps. Okay. They are as follows. I think a lot of relationships historically for me have been chemistry based. I need there to be a vibe there. I need there to be a connection, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it's really hard to know whether you have that through an app. The second thing that I also think really has stood in my way in the past is that I'll go into these apps with almost these boundaries around what I'm looking for that probably prohibited and restricted me from finding true, kind, loving partnership, adoration, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm going to give you an example of that. So on some dating apps, you can pay to filter specific things about the people you're looking for. Now, I am a pretty tall woman. I'm like 5'9", you know, with high heels on, that can easily be six foot. So with a father who's six foot six and a brother who's six foot three, I've always grown up with this belief that, you know, I want to be with a tall man. I'm going to be with a tall man. And almost like, I have to be with a tall man. Now, the irony of that is ex-boyfriend and my current boyfriend are way below six foot three. You know, if I had put these parameters in on a dating app, I would never have met either of these people. And actually, they are the two healthiest relationships I've ever had. I would have been shooting myself in the foot there massively by putting this preconception of what I want like onto my list of qualifiers. So I'd love it if we could just go a little bit into qualifiers, you know, what should people be looking for? What shouldn't people be looking for, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm so excited that you and I are working on these courses and we are going to do a course on this, on the 12 qualifiers that, that a healthy partner has, every single one of them and what you need to be looking for. And in that course, we're going to deep dive into all of those things. Right now, I'll give you a couple of those that I think people don't even know to look for. And again, they're too focused on, you know, superficial things. And and I also want to say that you should be attracted to to anybody that you date. That's an important piece of it, but what you're saying is important too that sometimes you rule out people based on things that maybe aren't as important as you think they are. 
one qualifier is consistency, right? So somebody who is consistent in their communication and effort. And why is that important? Because somebody who is, and again, we're assuming that a lot of you listening are looking for a partnership, a long-term relationship. And if somebody is not consistent in their effort and communication with you, they're not on the same page as you. <laughs> you can't go anywhere if somebody is inconsistent. And, you know, we've done so many episodes on this sort of thing, unconscious attraction, why we might chase love. If somebody's inconsistent, it may activate old unhealthy parts of us that want us to start chasing. That should not happen, right? So again, we have to make sure that we're healthy too. But consistency is something that you should be looking for from the very beginning. I've already got a question here, which is that I like to think I'm quite a consistent person in life. But when it came to the dating apps, I would find it so difficult to be consistent because like I said, it was always at the bottom of my priority list. Now, this is a bit of a weird question. It's a bit like the discussion around like, should you schedule sex? My question for you is, if you are going into this with the intentionality of finding a long-term relationship, we know that if you're looking for someone that's consistent, you also have to be consistent yourself. So do you think, or would you advise your clients that they should be putting aside like specific time to be consistent? Or if life is busy, do you think you should say early on in the conversation, you know, life is busy, but I am on this app to find something real. Um, I find consistency really attractive. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know you, you know, how should you be yeah, I, I guess like, how do you keep up that consistency when life is so busy so that the conversation doesn't just drop off? Because I feel like that is one of the biggest challenges with dating apps is life just gets in the way. And then like 85% of conversations just fall off the edge of the cliff. And you're just like, oh, there's another one, another one down. <laughs> it's a great question. I think when we get to the part of, you know, communicating on the apps, we're going to talk about that. Because if you're having these long, drawn out, superficial, boring conversations, there is no energy there. You're going to forget to write back. And the other person is probably going to forget to write back. So, you know, the kinds of conversations you're having and how long you actually are talking on the apps is going to help a lot here. So we're going to talk about that. And yeah, say the truth, whatever the truth is. I am very busy, but, you know, this is important to me. And then show up that way. Mm. Okay. So going back to approach and intention. So for me, since working with you, since being in therapy, I have become very clear on what my red flags are in a partner. Now, these aren't the obvious red flags, um, you know, like the toxic relationships and the aggression, the stuff that's like glaringly obvious. I'm talking about more my personalized red flags. So as someone who is four and a half years sober, drinking, taking drugs and smoking are three things that are really not part of my life and that I really don't want in my partner. Now, I'm open-minded in that, you know, I drunk for 15 years before going sober. So I understand that it's part of today's society. And I understand that it is a big part of culture today. But for me, I just don't want to be with someone who goes out every weekend, someone who's getting shit-faced, excuse my language, someone who's like in bed all of Sunday hungover. It's going to interfere with my experience with them. So something that you've taught me is about, you know, working out what are your own personalized red flags. And that for me is one of them. Like if someone has on their dating profile something about their dream weekend is going to Pasha and Ibiza and not sleeping for 72 hours, for example, but they're the sexiest man I've ever seen. The old me would probably have engaged with that because I would have been like, oh my God, that guy is so hot. But actually what you've taught me is like, no, know what your red flags and deal breakers are before going into this. Yeah, 100%. Because you're looking for a partner that is compatible with you and your lifestyle. Somebody who's hot and you're attracted to, that's going to be a quick spark. It's not going to it's not going to be in alignment with the kind of life you want to have and the kind of relationship you want to have. So I love that example because I think a lot of people can relate to that. You have to look for the qualities in someone that are going to be compatible with you. And if you're so focused on attraction and chemistry, 
we know that those are the least reliable predictors of relationship success there are. We're actually looking for compatibility with attraction. Yeah, you're so right. And I cannot wait for us to finally launch all of our courses and workshops because I know we've got an incredible partner trait shopping list exercise in there where Dr. Terry is going to teach you so many traits that you are not even focusing on. Like when we did this together the first time, I was like, holy moly, I have done two years of therapy and even I missed some of these. So can't wait for us to do that as well as your red, amber and green flags, which we also will talk about in a dating and dating app context. But yeah, I think just to wrap up this section, you're right. Compatibility is not the same as chemistry. And if you're using the app just for validation, just to have fun, just to meet people on a night out, perfect. But if you are looking for something real, you have to be thinking about compatibility before you engage with these people, because compatibility is something that has to be assessed and identified. You know, chemistry is just there. It's like, oh, you feel it or you don't. You get the butterflies or you don't. With compatibility, it's, you need to work it out. You need to talk about it. What are your values? What do you want from life? What's important to you? What do you do on the weekends? Where do you like to go on holiday? Are you close with your family? Do you want a family? Do you drink? Do you take drugs? What are your coping mechanisms? Blah, 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 blah. And I think that just concluding that first section, what I've taken from you there is, you know, your approach is really important. Clarity around your intention is really important. Clarity around how you use dating apps is really important as well as identifying your own red flags and deal breakers, but not going in with such a search criteria that you're going to prohibit people coming into the net in front of you by kind of like factoring them out. Yeah. And one last thing I will add to this first section is one thing that is crucial. It's going to predict your success or lack of success on the dating apps. And that is your attitude and your expectation. And I cannot tell you, I'm sure you hear this all the time too, how many people I hear just talk about the dating app so negatively. And I get it because they've had negative experiences because they don't yet know how to use the apps intentionally. But this is what I want to say, that if you are going onto the apps with a negative attitude, with a hopeless attitude, if you feel pressure to find someone, if you're scared that you're not going to find someone, if you're setting up dates out of this fear or pressure, you are not going to find anyone. You are not going to find your person when you are in that negative fear-based mindset. So if you're not excited about the apps, get off of the apps. Your attitude is everything. Our thoughts create our reality. Our energy that we put out is what we get back. So that's another piece that we're going to dive into in the course, how to shift your attitude and energy around the apps. It's so important. Oh, you are so right. I remember a lot of questions that people ask is like, how are you finding it on the app? Which is just such a boring question. And if you're asking that question, let's just like never ask that question ever again. But people would ask me and I would probably would reply saying like, oh yeah, you know, not great or, you know, I'm super busy or blah, blah, blah. So you're so right. I think switching that mentality is really, really important. You know, being on Raya has been been incredible for me, mainly because I met so many amazing people. And that's because I would land in a new city like LA or New York, and I would just see who's around. And often I'd be like, hey, I'm in town, you know, what's going on? Now, of course, this isn't the same as looking for a long-term relationship, but I have met incredible business contacts through that. I've made friends through that. I met a friend or I matched with a guy on Raya who his friend is now one of my best friends in the whole entire world. So, you know, yes, I haven't found the love of my life on an app. And actually, come to think of it, I've not actually met any of my boyfriends on an app. But I very much believe that you can and going into it with that excited mindset, which I have every day in life, which is like, I'm so excited for what could happen today. You know, every email, every ping, every notification, like that could be your person. And yes, I know I just said that I haven't met any of my boyfriends on a dating app. But as I was saying that, I just realized that I actually matched with a guy. I was talking to him. I went to meet them on a night out. And then that's where I met his friend. And then his friend became my long-term boyfriend. 
I'm not advocating matching with someone and then dating their friend. But the thing about life is you never know where it's going to happen, what is going to happen or when it's going to happen. I love that story. Yeah. If you expect good things to happen, they'll happen. If you expect bad things to happen or nothing to happen, that's what you'll get. Okay. So that kind of brings us into the next section, which is approach when setting up your profile picture. And I think one of my kind of stories for this section of the podcast is that I used to get my friends to look at my dating profile or they wanted to look at it. And actually I'd always be quite embarrassed, which I think was, I don't know why I felt embarrassed. Maybe it was like a sign that my profile was too pouty or too, you know, just not right. And one of my best friends just said to me, like, you're so kind and sweet and happy and you have really nice energy, but these pictures that you've chosen, like they are not doing that justice. So I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on setting up a profile and where do you see people going wrong? The first thing I see is that people are not accurately portraying who they really are, their authentic selves and what they're really looking for. So a lot of people will set up a profile that is super attractive to so many kinds of people. And you should be setting up a profile that is attractive to the kind of partner you want to attract. And that's going to mean talking about your personality, your qualities, and the qualities that you're looking for in someone else. You can say like the one qualifier we talked about today was consistency. I find consistency very attractive. You know, whatever is true for you, talk about those things. The second thing is if you are posting, if you're putting up pictures that are very sexual and sexy, then you are going to attract people that are really probably interested in sex. And you're also, you know, again, I want to be careful here because I'm so sex positive, but you don't want to be attracting just people who are interested in you based on the external. So you have to be sure that the pictures represent all sides of you. And those sexy pictures can wait. (laughs) You can wait and give people access to those sexy parts of you once you know that there's someone you really want to invest time in and invite into your life. So what message are you portraying as you put your profile out there? Who are you advertising to? Who do you want to attract? It should be a more selective group of people that will find your profile attractive. I love that. And I've been so guilty of this myself. I mean, if you were to look back at my dating profile over my 20s, like, yeah, it would have been the best photos of me ever, like professional photos and bikini photos and like the body shots where I looked amazing. Um, You and I spoke in episode 35, which we labeled, you know, you're hot, so what? About how if you do want a relationship, you have to go deeper. And I think that One of the activities that I find sort of really helpful when setting up a dating app or just reviewing a dating app became very clear to me when like six months ago, one of my best guy friends sat me down in the cafe next to my house and he was like, okay, you know, I'm single now and I'm whatever, I'm back on the market. Can you review my pictures? So I went through it and I said to him, you own a CrossFit gym. So that's a huge part of your life. And there's nothing on here at all about fitness. The fact that you'll be spending a lot of time in the gym training, that is totally missing. He was like, oh yeah, I've missed out a massive piece of my life from this dating app. And I think it's the same for me as well. You know, I reviewed my pictures with him and he said, you know, look, your dog is a huge part of your life. You know, she's with you all the time. Put the dog on there, like show that you're a dog mom, show that that's the kind of person that you are. I think I also put a photo of me and my mom on there because as I've got older, I'm like family's so important for me. And I, you know, have always liked it when my boyfriends are close with their family. So by me putting a picture of me and my mom on there, you know, that will either hit a chord with someone who is family friendly with their family or alternatively will be like, ooh, if someone says, ooh, why she got a picture with her mom, you know, that's perfect. They probably won't hit a yes on my profile. So I love that idea about you know, what is important to you? What do you stand for? What do you love to do? What are your hobbies? And making sure that those are incorporated on your profile with pictures that aren't too sexy, with pictures that aren't too revealing, and really with pictures that are about more than just what you look like. 
Yeah. It's not about presenting yourself so everybody will find you attractive. It's about being yourself so your people can find you. Yeah, I love that. And I think that another thing that is quite hard to communicate through apps is personality. But I think that on the profile, if there's something that's funny there, or you know, you put something funny, or there's like a fun picture, then I also think it's way easier to start a conversation with someone. And people just sometimes people put full stops as answers. And I'm like, do you genuinely is that your level of investment in this that you're putting full stops as the answers to your questions? Like, sometimes I actually want to reply to them being like, this is literally crazy that you don't even have the investment in this to like write an answer. Yeah, totally. I mean, be yourself. If you're quirky, if you're funny, whatever you think is funny, like, you know, put that in the profile. And I don't want you swiping right on anybody who has not put thought and effort into their profile. You see a guy, you think he's hot, attractive, and he hasn't put in, and he hasn't put in effort, hasn't answered questions, hasn't said much about himself. That guy is not dating intentionally. Either he doesn't have a lot of self-awareness or he's not dating intentionally, or he's just not going to put in the effort. And that should not be attractive to you. Yeah. I mean, no matter how attractive they are, where I'm at right now in my journey is that if you are not putting energy or investment into a dating profile, I can only imagine how little energy or investment you would put into me. And I expect to be treated very, very well because I'm going to treat you very, very well. So I love that. So to anyone listening, if they have a dead, dry or dusty dating profile, you need to just keep swiping on that because the level of investment that they put into that profile is reflective of the level of investment that they're going to put into you. And I guess my question for you as well is what are your thoughts on these new voice prompts that have come out? Because I find them like weirdly cringe. On the flip side, you hear some that are really funny. Like at the moment, there's these like trends on TikTok going around where one of the prompts is like, how do you pronounce my name? And it will be like the person's name is like, Tom. And then the the voice prompt will be like, it'll just be like silence when they're recording it. And then they'll just go, Tom. Like it's, it doesn't sound funny right now. I'm listening to this, but honestly, they are so funny. So what are your thoughts on the, the voice prompt versus like the text prompt? Or do you not really, is it just what feels right for you? I think what feels right to you. And I think, you know, we have to give people space to be awkward. I think the voice prompts, you know, there is more of a chance that we're going to sound awkward. We can choose to put them on or not. But when you're looking at dating profiles, you want to be looking through the eyes of love. And that sounds really cheesy, but you want to be like looking for connection with other people. You want to be kind. And the truth is, when we're dating, when we're putting ourselves out there, when we're meeting new people, we are all going to be awkward. And I think the people that have the courage to show up in that awkward way and be a little bit more vulnerable, I think it says something about them. I love that about approaching it with love. Because I think also everyone's on there because they want to find their person, right? Or the vast majority of people are. So let's just take a moment for the fact that the people that are really investing in this, like bless their cotton socks. Like they, they want this, right? And they know that they have to do X, Y, or Z to get there. So you're right. I shouldn't be so damn judgmental over a stupid voice. (laughs) And I can't guarantee that I would ever use one myself. Like I prefer, I prefer just to get into voice noting like pretty quickly in a conversation. Like if we were to take it to SMS, who says SMS anymore? If we were, if we were to take it to (laughs) iMessage or WhatsApp. Um, But again, we'll come to that in like the conversation, the conversation side of things. So yeah, I think, you know, to wrap up that section on getting the profile set up, I think that our key takeaways here are what are your hobbies? What's your personality? What pictures can you use to reflect that and to communicate that? Stop with the sexy pictures. Ask a friend, how does my profile look? What do you take from this about me? And finally, you know, incorporate personality because like that's really why someone's still going to be in love with you in 50 years time is because of your personality. So Let's get that personality moving from day one, I say. I agree. Okay, so now let's move into part three of the episode. So let's talk about 
like the filtering process. Okay. So you've come into this process, you know what you're doing now, you know what your intention is, you've set it up, got the profile, you've decided like, okay, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to check into this every night before I go to bed or on the weekends. I'm going to really like, you know, put some time aside to make sure that this becomes an important part of your life. Just say anything else. If you want to get a six pack, you have to go to the gym and you have to schedule that into your diaries. So say that you match with them. Okay. You've got a match and it comes in in your inbox. And initially you're really excited because you're like, oh my goodness, this is great. I saw them. I hope that they would match with me. And then over time, as we use dating apps, I feel like we're just like, oh, another match. Like we don't get that dopamine hit anymore. We're just like, oh, another one, DJ Khaled, another one. Like, so what are your thoughts first up on starting conversation? You know, should you be matching and messaging straight away? Or should you be waiting for the masculine to come through and to claim and to start the conversation? I feel like there's a lot of really interesting things for us to jam on here. Going back to what you said, that if you are in this place where you're getting matches, you're not excited anymore. It means you're not being intentional. And if a guy matches with you and he doesn't message you, he's probably not being intentional or he's not excited about. And those are two things that you need in somebody that you're going to invest your time in or even start a conversation with. You can, you know, reach out and say hi, say something interesting, ask a question and then, you know, see if the other person kind of reciprocates and and pursues a bit. Okay. I love that because I agree. Historically, over the last few years, like I would want the guy to come through and to message me first. But then also over time, I realized, you know, well, so many of these guys are just not going to do that. So I have to start the conversation. But then that ties into my transactional model of love that we've spoken about so many times, which is that I have to do the grind. I believe that I need to put the work in. I need to make people love me. I need to perform, et cetera, et cetera. So with that in mind, it's like, okay, well, yeah, actually, you know, maybe the other person should come through. But then again, I've gone back full circle because, you know, I think in life we go to different extremes on a spectrum and then often we just end up ending, you know, somewhere quite nicely in the middle, which is now that I think that if I ever was on a dating app, if I was really excited by the profile or there was something that really caught my eye or there was something really in common and I matched and I was excited, I would just shoot them a message, you know, I'd just be like, let's get this going. But I also would be okay with the fact that sometimes, you know, we might match midday and I'm really busy. Um, and you know, that maybe I can open up the space for them to message. So I think, you know, working out what feels right for you is good. And I think it's also about not having a hard and fast rule because that might be the man of your dreams, but over there, his grandma might have died or his cat might have died or his dog might have died. And actually by you being really rigid, you might actually be like preventing something really beautiful from happening there. So yeah, I like that and and approaching it on like a case by case basis and also going into it with the belief that, you know, you don't have to earn love. This isn't a performance. It's not a fucking circus. Like you are not there to make them love you. You are just there to start a two way conversation and to see if there's anything that kind of any mutual pieces of conversation that you can start with. And for anyone listening, I have a tip that I always used to find really, really helpful. Um, And that is this, if you need an opening question and you don't know what to start with, or there's nothing on their profile that you find particularly interesting or thought provoking, I would always say something like, "Um, how's your day going? What was the high point? And what was the low point? Now, I Mm. love this question because first of all, it requires them to be self-reflective. So some people would message me back and be like, that's a weird question, in which case I'd be like, Uh -uh. you're out if you can't answer a very simple question about what was good about your day and what was bad. The second thing that I love about this question is it evokes emotions. You can ask them, you know, oh, what, like, oh, why, how did that make you feel? And you can see if they're able to connect an emotion to an event. So say they said like, oh, you know, highlight of the day was I got promoted at work. Maybe it could take you to saying, you know, oh, how amazing. How did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. After two years of therapy, I've realized that the way you can navigate these conversations, you can very quickly see, is this person self-reflective? Are they able to connect with their emotions? Are they fun? Are they funny? Is it really boring? And at the same time, you know, are they able to engage with negative emotions? Because it's really normal that bad things are going to happen in life. 
And if someone can say like, oh, nothing really bad happened or, oh, like, why would anything bad happen? I just think it's like another Mm -hmm. sign that it's like, okay, cool. You just are maybe not on my wavelength or my level to kind of talk about the bad things as well as the good. So I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that was good or do you think that was like a bit weird? No, I love it. And I'm all about the questions you ask. My biggest pet peeve is when people are asked, how was your weekend? They talk about the weather. They talk about sports. They talk about TV. None of that shit matters. Okay. When you are trying to find your person, you need to ask intentional questions and other people that are going to be on your level and are also intentional will be able to answer those questions and will also enjoy those questions. So I like that question. Um, and of course, like you want to be fun, you want to be funny. You know, if you ask a question like that or a question, one of the questions I like to ask or have my clients ask is, you know, if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would it be? And I just think it's kind of a fun question. It also assesses, like you said, self-awareness, self-reflection. If somebody responds to that question with like, wow, what is this, an interview? They haven't done much self-reflection. They're not interested in having those deeper conversations. They're probably not on the app to find a deeper connection. And that's fine, but you know those that person isn't for you. But on the other hand, if they can answer that question, A, it's giving you information about what they feel is important about themselves. And they're willing to think about, you know, questions like that. And there are certain questions that you should be asking every person at some point pretty quickly before you even decide to meet them in person. And a lot of people ask none of these questions. Okay, this is where I have been told off before. And I'm going to tell you the story why. Because if you guys have listened to the other episodes, you will probably have already had this story. So I'll keep it quick. But this guy that I went on one or two dates with years ago, and he moved to Bali and I moved to New York, but we were both like kind of excited to get to know each other. We both ended up back in the UK at the same time. We matched on a dating app. And Dr. Terry said to me before I went to meet him, you know, you have to ask this what he wants. You know, what is he looking for? And I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. That's like so intense. Like, oh my God, I can't do that. You know, I, I, I honestly think now I definitely would, but I think at that point I'd only just started going to therapy. So the date comes and I'm so excited and I get dressed up and I travel across London and we, I go quite far away to meet him. We have a really, really nice date and like there's a vibe, there's chemistry, like it's just really good. I think he's super attractive, like tick, tick, tick. And then literally we're sitting down having coffee at the end of the date. And he basically says, oh yeah, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship right now. So life right now for me is just about focusing on work. And I was like deeply triggered by this. I literally said to him, so why are you here? Like I I literally said it like that. Like, you know, I was triggered and I definitely could have handled it better. But because I was upset in that moment, I felt like I liked you or I thought that this could have been something. And then you just wasted three hours of my time. Like, why the fudge did you want to go for a three hour walk with me? Like, what are you even doing here? And then, you know, it obviously just became apparent that he just wanted something casual. He just wanted something friends with benefits. He just wanted casual sex. And I didn't want any of those things. And I think what was even sadder, I can't believe I'm about to tell this story. Oh my God. This shows how this was like right at the beginning of my therapy journey. So at the end, you know, I actually think I messaged him being like, I fully respect and understand where you're at right now. Um, But I genuinely think I said like, I'd be up for just like hooking up or spending some more casual time together. Oh my God. Anyone that knows me knows that that is the biggest lie. Like I literally, (laughs) I didn't want to do that. Like I, the fact that I would even like reduce my worth to like his level of what he wanted just because I wanted to spend more time with him. I really think is self-reflective of where my self-esteem was at at that point. And that makes me really sad for myself that like I would lower myself to what he wanted just because like I refused to bring him up to where I was or to just actually think this person is not right for me. He doesn't want what I want. So I'm going to keep moving. So I guess the point of that story is that if I'd listened to the clinical psychologist that is co-hosting this podcast with me right now, I would have saved myself some uncomfortable emotions. My question for you is, you know, the conversation started, 
maybe it's fun, maybe it's flirty, maybe it's dry. At what point do you ask that question? Because I always leave it until I meet them, which I'm pretty sure you're about to tell me is, uh uh-uh, red flag. (laughs) Okay, so let's be clear. The question you should be asking, which will help you decide whether to meet somebody in real life is, it's a, it's a double parter. First one is, what are you looking for on this app? And then they'll give you an answer. They'll either give you an answer that's clear, like I'm looking for a relationship or I'm, I'm looking for something casual. And then you can, you know, kindly let them go and just say, you know, thanks for being honest. That's not what I'm looking for. So I don't want to waste anyone's time. Um, or they'll say something wishy-washy like, you know, of course, I'd like to find a relationship at some point, but I'm open to seeing how things go. Now, what that really means decoded is I'm open to casual. And if you're not open to casual, you shouldn't be investing your time in that person. So if somebody says something wishy-washy or if somebody says I'm looking for a relationship, I want you to follow it up with, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to invest in someone when I find the right person. And does that match what you, where you're at or what you're looking for? You have to be clear. And when do you ask that question? Very early on, probably the first day you're talking. It is a vetting question because you're not saying to this person, I want to marry you <laughs> or do you want to marry me? Do you want to be in a long-term relationship with me? It's like, this is where I'm at in my life. This is what I'm looking for. If that scares somebody away, that's cool because those people don't like that answer. They don't they don't want a relationship. The people that are on there that actually are are open to finding a relationship and really want that are going to find your honesty and your clarity refreshing. Oh, this is such important information that you are providing us with. Thank you so much. Because I also think that people will get that wishy-washy answer and they will tag onto or they will hold on to the point where they said, I'm open to a relationship. And then what that means is that you've got this piece of hope. So they've, they've dangled the carrot, uh, you know, in front of you and you're running towards the carrot without acknowledging that actually there is the stick, you know, it's there. They're actually kind of like not being that intentional about what they want. And I think that it feeds back into those transactional models of love where you think, okay, amazing. There's a carrot on the table and I'm really, really hungry. So if I just do X, Y, and Z, then I can get that carrot. So if someone says that they're, you know, that they say that they're open to a relationship, but they're also open to seeing how it goes. Is that when you would say, you know, I'm really looking, because it feels really difficult to say like, I'm looking for something meaningful when they've just said that they're open to a relationship. Yeah, I would probably say, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but usually when somebody says something like that, in my experience, they're really open to something casual and I'm not. So I'm not sure if this will be a fit. What do you think? You know, so you're not making the assumption. You're kind of handing it back to them in a kind way for them to clarify. Okay. I love that. And what about if you are having a conversation with someone and then they don't reply. Because I feel like this happens all the time in dating apps. We spoke about it in part one of the episode around consistency and inconsistency, but also the fact that if you are not like slotting this into your calendar, literally, it sometimes can be pushed last. So what are your thoughts on sending a double text? Because I'm quite shameless when it comes to dating apps that if I found someone that I thought we were a match, we were compatible, there was mutual interest, we had already discussed the right things or whatever, I would always give them another chance being like, oh, you know, life's busy. Hey, shame not to hear back from you. I was hoping we could connect. And then if they don't reply again, then I will never message them again. But what are your thoughts on like following up with the double text? Because I feel like it's, it's different. It's like less personal in apps. Like I feel like it's more, yes, you can do that. But what are your thoughts? I think that's okay. I mean, listen, a lot of people are seeing other people, they're talking to other people. And so I think it's perfectly fine to say, you know, I haven't heard from you. Um, Just wondering if you're still interested in talking. And if they talk, you know, if they respond, that's great. And then you let them know, like, I really find consistency and effort attractive. And it's important to me. You can say that, you know, at any point. And then again, if they drop off or don't respond at any point, then let them go. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think 
it's okay to reach out and check in one time. Yeah, I agree. I think the one time should be the rule there though, because I think that otherwise, again, we move back into that transactional model where you believe you have to fight for love. And a huge thing that we're going to do in the online course related to this episode is working out, you know, how to alleviate those models of love. So when you go into using these dating apps, you've revolutionized the way you approach them. You're no longer thinking this is a battle that you have to be picked and chosen. Actually, you're going in knowing exactly how amazing you are, knowing what what has shaped you and how you've broken down those cycles. And then really just smoothly stepping into those dating apps and being like, yep, 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 perfect. And then going on the dates and finding, you know, uh, your person, hopefully. Now, we have so much more to talk about here. Um, and I know that we need to wrap up in a minute, but I just want to leave us with one more things. Okay. So I really, really like to get to know people before I meet them. Now I'm aware over time and as time has gone on, that that isn't always the best way because often in person you have to have the chemistry too. So you could talk for ages and think that you're really compatible and then actually you might meet and there just might not be a vibe there. And boy, oh boy, have I been caught short by doing this. Now I'm going to tell you guys a story, which is that I spoke to a guy, oh my God, (gasps) every day for three months. He lived in New York. I was moving to New York for work. He was so effing cool. Like we got on so well. We were so compatible. Honestly, I was like, this guy is amazing. Like I'm so, so excited about this. We spoke and we spoke and we spoke. The first night that I landed in New York, we went for dinner. There was no vibe. There was zero percent chemistry and it it wasn't even that there was wasn't a vibe like we had both had good personalities but I didn't want oh oh my god the thought of him kissing me I was like I was dreading the end of the date because I was dreading that he was probably going to kiss me because we'd like got so close like over the three months prior so that's my first story and the second story is I didn't learn my lesson I did the same thing and this time it was like a little bit shorter. It was again, a guy from New York. So I, I landed in New York. This was incredible. I went into my hotel room. He had got like $2,000 of flowers delivered and these huge bouquets. They were so amazing because we've been speaking for a while and it said like, welcome to New York. You know, I can't wait to meet you. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. And again, I met him and his energy was just like, immature, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And so I did it twice where like, I really, really invested time and energy in people. And, you know, one of my best friends is on the other end of the spectrum, maybe too far. So where she says, you know, I don't even want to talk to you before the date. I just want to meet you and we'll go from there. So I'm on one end, which is where I want to know everything. I want to know like how close you are to your mom, your dad, like your brother, your sisters. She's on the other end where she's like, no, let's just talk about it in person. So I'm asking you, where's right here? Where's wrong here? Like people listening, what should they be doing? How long should they be talking? Over to you. So thank you for sharing those stories because I think many, many, many people can relate to those stories. Um, And a lot of people have this question, how long should I talk to someone before meeting them? What I advise my clients is do not talk for a long time, you know, a few days, a week tops. And the purpose of those conversations is to A, get to know somebody's, you know, personality, what they're looking for, what's important to them, and to ask about your deal breakers. You have to ask those deal breaker questions before you meet someone. Like, you know, the political climate here in the US is its own thing. So, you know, some dating coaches will say, don't talk about politics on a first date. I say, if that's important to you, Ask about those things before a first date. So whatever your deal breakers are, just put them out there in a kind way. No judgment, but I'm not into this. No judgment, but this doesn't work for me. So these are the questions I ask to determine if, you know, we would be compatible with each Mm. other. And then you meet. If you vetted someone appropriately so that you're excited about them, you know that they pass all the deal breakers, you have a good vibe from them, they've been consistent, there are no red flags. Yeah, and they, they're looking for what you're looking for. Then you set up a date. I don't want you talking more than a week. And if somebody is out of town, I hear this a lot, you know, he or she is out of town. 
that's when you get into big trouble because you start forming this connection. But then when you get in person, it could be totally different. So I would say put a hold on speaking until they get back. Ask, you know, ask your questions, set up a date and then meet them in person. You're so right. And I actually did that with someone before. I said, you know, okay, have a great trip. Hit me up when you come back and we'll go from there. And he did. And then we went on a date and it saved us like that whole week, two weeks, three weeks of talking. Um, So that's great. And yeah, I mean, I think we have to wrap up here because of the time. It's so sad. I wish we could just keep going and going and going. But I think that you made a really beautiful point there, which is like, you should be excited about this. I cannot tell you how many dates I've gone on where I'm not excited. I'm dreading it. I want to cancel at 5 p.m. And I think that the most key takeaway from this is if that is how you are feeling, don't you shouldn't be going on the date. You know, you haven't vetted them appropriately enough. You're not dating with intention. They're not dating with intention. And you haven't asked the right questions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that is my last point of today's episode. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that? I think we've covered a lot. There's a lot more to say, but I think the tips that we talked about today are going to save people a lot of time. And I think we're going to do a part two on dating apps. Maybe we'll dive into some of the common situations that people encounter and how to deal with those. Yeah. Yeah. But dating apps, I mean, they're miracles, really. I mean, they're amazing. It's amazing that these things exist that could help us find our partner but we have to know how to use them. We have to use them as the tool that they are, not as a place to just go and hang out without any intentionality. So yeah, intentional dating, you're right. That's the phrase of today. And I think that's the key takeaway. And yes, we will do a part two. And you know, the courses that we are going to do on this are going to just revolutionize the time that you spend investing in, you know, trying to find your person. And we're just going to We're just going to help take you right there to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So as ever, Dr. Terry Mack, thank you so much. And I will see you next episode. Thank you, Louise. Love Love you. you too. Bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Did you love the episode? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I always enjoy recording them. If you took value from this episode, I would really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review on Apple or Spotify, as well as tagging us on social media at The Open House Podcast. Supporting us in this way helps the podcast to move up the charts, as well as most importantly, reaching more people who are in need but can't access traditional therapy. Thank you a million times over for always supporting this podcast and going on this journey with me. And other than that, this is your final reminder that you can find me here on the Open House podcast every Monday. Until then, remember, there is nothing sexier than self-awareness and together we are going to make mental health great again.